Good morning, friends. Everywhere a Buddha, every act a Buddha offering. Last weekend, Rebecca Kameny, one he, presented us with a wonderful teaching about timeless meditation. In 1941, 21 years after Wan Buddhism began, some students questioned during a retreat, Dear teacher, we have a teaching motto for practice, which is timeless meditation, placeless meditation. What about a motto for faith? Sotesan, our founding teacher, answered, Why don't we contemplate this together? One student said, What about timeless Buddha offering and placeless Buddha offering? After much discussion, it was decided to express this as everywhere a Buddha, every act a Buddha offering. How is this a motto for faith? One day, Venerable Sutesan's son, Kwangjan, had a Q&A session with his father. He asked, how do we practice faith in ill one song? Sotesan replied, Take ill one song, perfect, complete, and utterly impartial, as the object of faith and believing in its truth. Pursue blessing and happiness. The content of Ilwan Sang is the fourfold grace, and the content of the fourfold grace is, in fact, all things in the universe. There is nothing among the myriad things in heaven and earth or the Dharma realm of empty space that is not the Buddha. Thus, Regardless of time and place, we must never forget to maintain a respectful state of mind and should treat all things with the same pure mind and pious attitude we have toward the Venerable Buddha. What does this mean? In this verse, we can see the correlations between Ilwan's song, the fourfold grace, and everywhere a Buddha. Through the omnipresence of Buddha, the faith is applied to all of existence, not to a particular person, object, or image. To enlightened eyes, all things in the universe are manifestations of Buddhas. All things in the universe are contained in the fourfold grace. Therefore, we respect and treat nature, heaven, and earth as Buddha. Parents, 
fellow beings, and laws of Dharma are all Buddhas. We have the power to respond to all aspects of these four realms in favorable or unfavorable ways. Here is the story. Once, while the founding master was residing at the Pongne Hermitage, an old couple was passing by. They told him their daughter-in-law was so ill-tempered that they are heading to Sisang Monastery to make a Buddha offering to help the situation. Upon hearing this, the founding master said, How is it that you know to make a Buddha offering to a Buddha statue, but not to a living Buddha? The old couple felt puzzled and asked, Where is the living Buddha? He replied, The daughter-in-law who lives at your home is the living Buddha. Since she is the one with the power to be either filial or unfilial, why don't you try making an offering to her first? They asked, How can we do this? The reply, With the money you are going to use for the Buddha offering, buy her a gift she would appreciate and treat her with the same respect you would the Buddha. Then depending on how sincere you are, the effect of your Buddha offering will appear. When the couple returned home, they did as Sotesan recommended, and in a few months, she indeed became a kind and respectful daughter-in-law. The old couple returned to the founding master and thanked him over over. He said to his disciples, this is a practical Buddha offering that directly targets the object of transgression and blessing. How does this story have to do with us? When conflicts arise in our minds with our neighbors, spouse, children, or with the world, what skillful offering can we make? When you feel burned out or even trapped with your household members, what do you do? Bend your head against the wall? Yell at the kids? Argue with your spouse? Or would you like to explore the possibility to making a Buddha offering to the one who gives you a hard time? A practitioner in our temple shared this. Over the years, I have used various approaches to help one of my children who struggles with the behavioral and emotional challenges. Her behaviors and the closeness during COVID-19 have made these issues even more front and center. 
while my practice has helped me approach this with a measure of equanimity, I recently realized that I had mentally reshaped my daughter into a problem to be solved rather than a beautiful Buddha on a journey to enlightenment. This realization has transformed my thinking and feelings. It is shifting our interactions to a better place. Now I ask myself, what kind of a Buddha offerings would be the most nourishing for this beautiful Buddha at my home? In our scripture, chapter 10, the way to make a Buddha offering tells us, unlike the way of making Buddha offerings in the past, in one Buddhism, it has not been our way to supplicate only before a Buddha statue. Since all things in the universe are precisely the transformation bodies of a Buddha nature, in every place we find ourselves there is a Buddha, and all our acts are Buddha offerings. For favorable and unfavorable responses from heaven and earth, we supplicate heaven and earth. For responses from parents, we supplicate parents. For responses from fellow beings, we supplicate fellow beings. For responses from laws, we supplicate laws. This will be the way of making Buddha offerings that is realistic and at the same time most assured of success. When I supplicate my fellow being, Reverend Ginger, respecting and treating her as a living Buddha, I receive the corresponding response from her. She treats me like a Buddha. I treat her like a Buddha. Then the temple residence becomes a Buddha land. What would be the opposite? The opposite would be a land of suffering, where we criticize and scold each other. Well, that happens too. I'm not preaching perfection here. The goal of our practice is to live in a Buddha land. Your home becomes a Buddha land when you treat your household members with respect and dignity. I hear many times, my dog is a Buddha. Woof, woof. I often hear that my child is a Buddha. Once in a while I hear my spouse is a Buddha. In creating a Buddha land at home, I change my attitude and perspective rather than demanding that my family members change theirs. In the story, the elderly parents changed their attitude 
and the way they treated their ill-tempered daughter-in-law without demanding that their daughter-in-law change. Buddha offerings start with me, no strings attached. This is not always easy. It has been said that it is easier to change yourself than to change the world. But actually, we can change the world by changing the dynamics among family, friends, and neighbors. Buddha offerings begin at home. So what does it mean to treat someone as Buddha? Just as Sotesan said, do things she or he would appreciate and treat them with the respect you would have for the Buddha. Your focus shifts from what you would appreciate to what your daughter-in-law, your spouse, your child, or your neighbor would appreciate. This is how you make a Buddha offering. Here are some suggestions to make all this easier. First, believe in the Buddha nature within me. Believe in the Buddha nature within me. Do I believe that I'm a living Buddha? When I tell you, you are a Buddha, you are a Buddha, do you respond by saying, no, I'm not, no, I'm not. Actually, you are. When I believe in and honor my great potential as a living Buddha, I can then see that you are a living Buddha, my child is a living Buddha, and my spouse is a living Buddha. Second, focus on the essence of a Buddha nature. We quickly judge our loved ones by what they say and by how they behave. But if, if we look past that, we can see their intrinsic true nature. This is a lofty goal. This is a lofty ideal. Because we are conditioned by our own experiences, our own perceptions, interpretations, and personalization obstruct our view, making it hard to focus on the essence of Buddha nature in the person right in front of us. This can also apply to our view of political leaders. Buddha eyes see Buddha. Buddha eyes see Buddha. A temple friend shares, when I fail to see my husband as a Buddha, I am seeing something other than what is in front of my eyes. What I see is this. 
my schedule is interrupted, my pride is offended, or I don't feel that I am treated the way I want. I don't feel that I am treated the way I want. But instead, can I not see the love of my life in need of something a frail fellow being as needful or imperfect as I am? Another approach to make a Buddha offering is to focus on the strength goodness and the potential of your child and spouse, as well as friends and neighbors. When we shine our light towards the positive, we are less frustrated and less judgmental. Lastly, think about a skillful way to honor your loved one. The skillful person can see the need from the other's point of view. You may say to yourself, I have tried to show my respect, but if your spouse or partner does not feel respected or honored, you may have tried from your own perspective, not from his or hers. When we make a Buddha offering, we must be careful to let go of any expectations regarding the response of others. Don't expect that all your Buddha offerings will get the response you want. When we do something good for others with the strings attached, we tend to expect certain outcomes. When the expectation is not met, our Buddha offering can cause suffering. In order to see clearly the needs and perspective of another, we can practice emptying ourselves of the need to constantly serve ourselves. When I am occupied with my need, my need comes first and I try to change others according to my need and my values. In order to make a good Buddha offering, we empty our egocentric self so that we can deeply listen, observe, and value the need of others. Please let me introduce a poem written by Christine Paintner. The title is Invite Wonder. Invite Wonder. What if you bowed before every dandelion you met and wrote love letters to squirrels and pigeons who crossed your path? What if Scrubbing the dishes became an act of single reverence for the gift of being washed clean. And what if the rhythmic percussion of chopping carrots became the drumbeat of your dance? What if you stepped into the shower each morning only to be baptized anew and sent forth to serve the grocery beggar, the bank teller, and the bus driver 
through simple kindness. And what if the things that make your heart dizzy with a delight were no longer stuffed into the basement of your being and allowed out to play in the lush and green fields? There are two ways to live in this world, as if everything were enchanted or nothing at all. There is no in-between, although you keep trying to live this divided life knowing deep down something is awry. You have lived long enough with this tearing apart. Come out into the wide world and discover there companions and guides at every turn, and even those who summon curses from your heart have a divine spark within them, bright enough to invite wonder. I am grateful for my friend from Kentucky who sent me this poem. Dear friends, imagine. Can you imagine all the people treating each other as Buddha? Imagine. Imagine. 